0: Well, there was quite a lineup of social conservative leaning minor parties to choose from at the election. How did they do? Well, let's check it out. So there was New Conservatives, Freedoms NZ, Leighton Baker Party, Democracy NZ, New Zealand. And despite the optimism, the significant effort of time and expense, the passion, the utter hard slog. The results are in. And it is New Zealand 0.56%, Freedoms NZ 0.31%, Democracy NZ 0.24%, New Conservatives 0.15%, Leighton Baker's Party 0.08%, New Nation Party 0.05%, just under 32,000 votes in total. Now, another minor party, New Zealand, New Zealand Loyal, got 1.15%. All those parties add up to 2.54%, which is well short of the 5% cutoff. Now, here's another interesting analysis. In terms of each party, on the left there is the 2020 vote and on the right is the, uh, the weekend's vote. New Zealand Loyal's vote share is basically equivalent to what Advance NZ got last time. Remember Billy TK and Jamie Lee Ross So it's possibly the same constituency. New Zealand got 12,700 votes this time, up on the 8,100 that the previous one party got in 2020. Freedoms NZ got 7,000 votes this time, slightly less than the 7,500 that Vision, New Zealand and Outdoors Party combined got in 2020. New Conservatives vote crashed from the 42,500 in 2020 to just 3,500 this time. Look, some people won't like me mentioning these facts. I can understand that. It's not pleasant to see, is it? After so much effort and time and resource and energy and sweat, politics is a brutal sport. I've commentated on it for the past 21 years. It has a harsh reality to it. As I've previously said, for the past 20 years, the House of Representatives has generally failed to represent the voice of social conservatives, Parliament's group gradually become more and more socially liberal, even amongst the so-called centre-right or right-wing parties. We've had same-sex marriage, prostitution, anti-smacking law, lowering the drinking age, euthanasia, abortion, conversion therapy bans, gender ideology on birth certificates, and failing to acknowledge or promote the institution of marriage, except when we want to redefine it. But we need voices in Parliament who will speak boldly and unapologetically for the unborn child, oppose radical sexuality and gender ideology, divisive critical theory and climate alarmism targeted at young children, protect vulnerable young people from chemicalisation and castration of healthy bodies in the interests of gender ideology, voices who will promote and protect the institution of marriage, will respect the role of parents rather than attempt to exclude them from important issues such as abortion and gender dysphoria, who will protect the elderly and vulnerable from seeing assisted suicide as a solution. Voices who will seek to protect our communities from drug use and normalisation, will respect freedom of conscience for New Zealanders who oppose mandates, will protect freedom, religious freedom and free speech, amongst others. So look, I say good on these parties for putting their hand up and being willing to get involved and speak up. We need their voice in the public domain. They must not give up heart. Our nation desperately needs voices of conviction who are not afraid to speak up for biological truth, for family, for marriage, for the protection of life from womb to tomb and for religious freedom. It's important to note that as a result of the election, a number of existing and new social conservatives are present in some of the political parties that have made it into parliament. And we will be seeking a working relationship with these MPs where we can support them, provide resources and research to help stiffen their spine against the onslaught that they will inevitably face in the parliamentary environment, and to regularly pray for them. But where to from here for the minor parties? As I've mentioned before in a previous episode of McBlog, when I spoke at a church leaders gathering earlier this year, I shared the significance of the word synergy. And synergy means the cooperative working together of two or more people or organisations when their combined effort is greater than the sum of their individual efforts. What we saw was five or more parties all seeking to attract the similar type of voter. And I argued that it was going to fail. It would simply split the vote. I truly wished I was wrong, but sadly, I wasn't. This is the harsh reality of politics. And any political party will tell you that a lack of unity is a killer. Remember how National was punished in 2020, the last election, when they went through three leaders in a very short space of time, lots of leaks and disunity within the party? Voters don't like it. That's the harsh reality of politics. Here's a really interesting fact. This image shows that since we used MMP, which became our electoral voting system in 1996, the number of new parties that have entered Parliament without a sitting or a previous MP is zero. Yep, not one. According to facts.nz, all six parties have entered New Zealand Parliament for the first time under MMP they had a sitting or previous MP. Act United, Future, Greens, Progressive, MALDI, and Mana. No party has ever made it into an MMP parliament without a sitting or previous MPs. 107 parties, 107, or is that 108, parties have tried but failed. The closest to break this rule was in 2014 when the Conservatives got 4% without a sitting or previous MP. And when I last spoke about this issue, that was one of the key points I made. There is something about having that experience or appearance, a sitting or previous MP. It's an interesting phenomenon. And that was the case in two of the minor parties of this election. Matt King of Democracy NZ and Alfred Nato of New Zealand are both ex-national. And Paul Adams, also of New Zealand, is ex-United Future. So where to from here? Well, I would challenge these parties to come together, sort the leadership issues. If Plan A doesn't work, or parties aren't willing to support that proposal, it's time for Plan B or Plan C. True leadership involves putting aside our own agendas and desires for the greater good. And the greater good is unity, especially in the political sphere, But now is the time to do that, not six months before the next election. Do it now. As Albert Einstein said, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. United, they can stand as a strong option for socially conservative voters. But divided, sadly, I suspect I'll be repeating the same message in three years' time. That's just my opinion.